Welcome to the love edition of Life in the Tax Light. Caitlin, just because it's February doesn't make it the love edition. What no, else? Yeah. we love tax issues. And besides, what else are we going to use as our February theme? Gee, it's cold outside? Every we month lots will of, be the love edition. we got edition. lots of other months we can use that for. Now yeah. that we got the accounting humor out of the way, let's talk tax. Yeah. Such as it was. Well, we've known it was going to happen for a long time. CRA has gone postal, and they have gone postal in a big way. They've done this in the past. They've looked at postal codes and mm -hmm. said, that's a pretty ritzy neighborhood for a guy with that limited source of income. But now they're taking this Canada-wide. They've got one neighborhood in each region of the country, Pacific, Prairies, Ontario, Quebec, Atlantic Canada, where they're looking at pretty much every filer with that postal code mm -hmm. and asking, can they realistically afford to live there with that lifestyle on the income they're reporting? And if not, maybe we better go ask yeah. some questions and find out if we're missing some unreported income. So that may be an interesting issue to watch over the next few months. Uh, mm -hmm. Another example of CRA getting creative with uh, where they find their information on who may not be reporting all their income. Yeah, and we actually have them going to these third parties, businesses, entities outside of the government to get information on taxpayers. They've gone after in the past Square Canada, Joe Hugh, which other, um, eBay, eBay. Uh, Rona, Rona, yeah, yeah Rona, right. real estate development companies. That's right. The most recent though, Katie, you've got to mention that. PayPal. Mm -hmm. They're going after business account holders at PayPal. PayPal has been required to provide CRA with information on these entities, individuals, or otherwise, uh, as well as transactions which have occurred within uh, these account holders, purchases, and sales. You gotta love that. So they're gonna see that Johnny Co. has made sales of $200,000. Mm -hmm. They're gonna look at Johnny Co.'s tax return and see only 100000 reported there. Uh, that's going to be an interest. Yeah. Or, uh, an issue you know, Joe, the doing. other aspect they may be looking at is mm -hmm. if you're doing all these sales on PayPal, mm -hmm. you have online sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Has your corporation been filing Schedule 88, disclosing that they have online sales? Or your proprietorship business been disclosing those on the T2125 form, reporting your business income? And it seems to me that's been required since around 2014. So maybe that's got something to do with the timing here. You know, right. also, GST, HST, are you charging? Uh, on your sales, you were remitting you big know, issues. Let's let's actually. I want to take uh, take a next step here, uh, really tied to this, and it all has to do with cryptocurrencies. Hey, Joe, uh, what, what is a cryptocurrency? <laughs> okay, Bitcoin. <laughs> we'll stick we'll stick with Bitcoin right now. It's it's basically uh, a currency which is not governed or uh, um, uh, supported by any governments across the world. A cryptocurrency, though, uh, the IRS has actually obtained a court order whereby one of the largest virtual currency exchange networks in the world uh, is going to have to provide information on its users and the amounts of transactions. So, so very similar, I mean, CRA may be trying to get this t same type of information. So they're going to know exactly how much has been reported or not reported. They can compare those amounts. Uh, Hugh, Katie, any uh, thoughts well, on I, that? I just have a question. Sure. I've heard that maybe transactions using bitcoins are a little bit harder to trace. Mm -hmm. So if CRA can't trace it, um, I don't know if report it, right? 
That's a very good question, Caitlin. Uh, no, just because they can't catch you doesn't mean that you don't have to report it. Can't catch you to our knowledge to, yet. To okay, well, <laughs> let us just talk about how things would be taxable with regards to bitcoins in Canada. Uh, now, first of all, if you are providing a good or service and being remunerated in bitcoins, uh, you would have a, a taxable sale, so you'd have to include the value of the service or good provided, and that would be your income level. Uh, so that's part one. You'd have a taxable transaction there. Part two here is if you are uh, buying and selling currencies uh, to, to make a profit, that's not a capital gain, that's just a regular income inclusion, so you're going to have to pay full ta uh, rate tax on those too. Now, the final point here that I wanted to mention is uh, CRA also considers uh, Bitcoin to be not a currency, not money, but rather a commodity. And that's going to be important for a number of reasons. Hugh, do you want to mention the first one? Well, I'd say the biggest one is you're not allowed to own commodities in your RRSP, your tax-free savings account, all those wonderful registered accounts. So hopefully the RRSP TFSA issuers are well aware of that and they're not letting their investors acquire bitcoins or other cryptocurrencies in those accounts. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know what, that's the biggest one. So mm -hmm. why don't we just jump on to the next topic here, uh, Caitlin, or well, Hugh. Yeah. Well, Joe, it's always fun when we sit down, look at the tax return and go, is there a red flag in here? Does something really stick out that may risk attracting CRA attention? And we try to think about, Maybe there's another way we could report that to make it a little less uh, of a red flag. Obviously, we think we're doing the right filing, but nobody wants a CRA audit. Uh, well, we recently had the tax court weigh in on this, and they looked at a fellow who uh, was claiming a lot of bad debts, and he thought the number was kind of big, and he said in court, well, I was nervous this might attract attention. So I took a lot of the bad debts, and instead of showing them as an expense, I just reduced my revenues accordingly. And I still reported the right net income, so all's right with the world. And the judge said, no, all's not right with the world. It's not good enough to come to the right end number. All the numbers that make it up have to be properly disclosed. Otherwise, your return is misleading. Mm -hmm. And if it's misleading, maybe that opens us up to the possibility that CRA doesn't have the usual restriction on how long they have to reassess it. Maybe it even opens us up to penalties for gross negligence, 50% of the taxes that we overlooked. So bottom line, we've got to reflect reality on the returns yeah. we're filing. Yeah. I think we now need to talk about principal residence dispositions in the 2017 year. Yeah, yeah. So we know that if we sell our house, uh, if it is our principal residence, we don't have to pay tax on the capital gains. It's been around for a number of years. Last year, there was new disclosure requirements, which basically uh, said that if we wanted to avoid paying tax on the disposition, you had to designate that property as your principal residence on your tax return. 2017 takes this disclosure requirement one step further. Not only do you need to do something on your tax return, you actually also have to now fill out another schedule even if the entire gain is exempt under the principal residence exemption in the past you didn't have to do this we're now going to have to be filling out a form called the 2091 if you do dispose of a property 
ed do not disclose it on the tax return, do not fill out the 2091, there's a pretty uh, serious risk that you may be subject to tax on the disposition or at least some type of penalty, uh, a late filing uh, issues um, otherwise. Just like, from a, from a pro processing perspective here, <clears throat> if you're an accountant, uh, when you complete that form and you e-file e that person's return, that information is going to go directly to CRA. So you don't actually have to submit yeah. that form in a paper way to the CRA. And Joe, I think that's the big change yeah. from last year, is mm -hmm. that that information can be transmitted. In the past, yeah. the 2091 had to go in on paper. Mm -hmm. And I think last year, CRA sort of said, well, we don't want all these 2091s. Mm -hmm. We'll just get that information on Schedule 3. Now, the other side of this, though, is even though you are electronically filing it, you still do need to print it out and have the client sign it yeah. and keep it on file in case CRA does ask yeah. to see that. Yeah. One question that we sometimes do get asked is in the past, if you wanted to fill out this 2091, you needed the cost of the property. Mm -hmm. The good news is they've changed the form such that you don't need the cost of the property if the entire gain is exempt. So a little bit of relief uh, out there. Why don't we jump outside of Canada for just a quick moment here. Uh, United States persons, U.S. persons, uh, if you are non-compliant or have a fairly large tax debt, well, we know a couple years ago um, there was a change in law whereby you may not be able to get a passport or have a passport renewed. Well, we found out that in January of 2018, they're actually starting to do that. Information will be flowing from the IRS to the State Department so it can start happening. So keep your eyes open for that. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, that's a big one because that can just be a big amount owing. You mm -hmm. could be filing everything properly but mm -hmm. not have paid. So we may see some lost... Uh, passports over that issue in the U.S. Hugh, you uh, say big amount owing. What are the dollar amounts we're looking at? Well, 51,000 U.S., I believe, is the de minimis before they can yeah. apply in this 2018. Rule in 2018 and yeah. start taking away passports. And obviously it remains to be seen how broadly they're going to apply this, mm -hmm. but uh, they're clearly serious about collecting their taxes. One uh, final point that I wanted to throw out there, too, is if you have a problem with your return and you want to object, guess what? CRA's down to 85 days for processing it, so it's pretty quick. Things are looking up. Good job, CRA, on that. For the that. simple ones, yeah. For the mm -hmm. simple ones. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us, and make sure you have a wonderful rest of your day. Life in the Tax Lane is presented by Video Tax News. The Video Tax News team has been supplying practical tax information to accountants and tax professionals for over 30 years. This Canadian-based company presents live and video seminars to thousands of tax professionals relating to both personal and corporate tax. Learn more at videotax.com. That's B-I-D-E-O-T-A-X.com. The preceding information is for general educational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc., 2018, all rights reserved.